Kicking and Streaming Podcast is brought to you by Cafe 1804. Premium Haitian coffee now available online at cafe1804.com. That's cafe, K-A-F-E, 1804.com. This is Kicking and Streaming Podcast, a binge watcher's guide to streaming movies, TV series, and stuff. Here are your hosts, Graham and Jocelyn. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Kicking and Streaming. My name is Graham, and uh, it would take an entire episode to tell you what we've been through in order to connect via <laughs> Skype. And in fact, we did not connect via Skype. We ended up connected through Zoom. So forgive the weirdness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is... Um... This is, is interesting and, and different, and uh, I sort of fell asleep waiting, so <laughs> my brain's a little foggy, but that's okay. Yeah. You know. I would I I not blame you for that. I myself wanted to fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> so today's episode is going to be weird because for the second time in a row, we are going with a HBO show, yes. and... When I started watching this show, I, I kind of wanted to talk myself out of it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I said, why did I tell Jocelyn this is what I want? <laughs> <laughs> so it is probably, after Fleabag, the weirdest series I've ever watched. Yeah. And I think it's a bit weirder than Fleabag, <laughs> isn't it? It is, and I feel like it's what Fleabag was trying to be, and for me, failed. Right. Because I I don't know. There is a genius in this in this actress in writer that it's the rawness without any cynicism. I think it, yes. it's a rawness that comes so brutally sincere that you can't help but continue to watch, even though you may be grossed out <laughs> at some point, Indeed. even Indeed. when you you may be very intolerant of the character. But these flaws that she keeps showing are are like, this is someone who wanted to be absolutely vulnerable. And, and and she she gets it, man. That's absolutely amazing. Yes. So should we let them let the audience in the secret as to <laughs> as to what we're talking about? <laughs> as to what is it that we're talking about? Yes. Well, it's it's Mr. Rogers' neighborhood, everyone. And <laughs> <laughs> it's available on PBS. And no. <laughs> oh my lord. So we're talking about I May Destroy You. And this show, well, about, I think last week was the, was the season finale. And I had heard about it. I heard a bit of talking about it and stuff. So I'm like, Jojo, we should watch this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I don't know how we're going to talk about it. I'd like to hear what you think, Jojo. What, 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 what is your take on this show? I 
I started this show and much like you at the beginning of it, I was like, oh God, what has Graham chosen for us? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I got drawn into this story so quickly and the performances so quickly and the sh- the story and the nuances and every little thing meaning something that I felt like it was something I, I should have disliked as much as I disliked Fleabag. But for me, this this was so much more hu- more human yeah. and less less cold, less calculated, less odious. This was this was a beautiful, awful amazing story. That is the perfect way of putting it. A beautifully awful story. And again, like, do you know how many times, I think with each episode, and we're talking about 12 episodes here. And with each episode, I ask myself, what the hell am I watching? And you have these urge to tell the main character, freaking get it together. But then at the same time, you feel for her. You're like, yes. you know, I want you to be my little sister. And I, I, I wish I was there for you. I, I could be there for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, the, the, the growth and the transformation of this character, of, of Bella, Arabella, is something that I've not seen on television before so accurately. And I, I loved it as much as I hated it. Her, her growth and her rawness and her pain and her joy and her vulnerability, as you said, it, you feel it as just as much as, as if she was in the room with you. And, and in some ways you can feel it as, as part of your own experiences in life. Yeah. So I think we should go ahead and tell folks what this series is about. I, I, you know, I, I, like I said, this is a miracle that you do, you perform every week. But if, <laughs> if, if it was ever a miracle, that, that is going to be it f- for you. Cause like I, 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 I thought about it last night. I was like, so when I tell Jocelyn to <laughs> describe the show for folks, I'm going to be taking notes. I, I want to see where she starts in how she ends, and if it's going to be <laughs> it's something that, at, you know, at the end people will understand and say, ah, I better get on watching this, right? So, Jocelyn, <laughs> Jocelyn, the floor is yours. <laughs> no pressure. I'm just going to perform a miracle here, folks. <laughs> So I May Destroy You is a series. It is defined as a comedy drama, and it tackles the question, the very, very nuanced and factor-filled question of consent, sexual consent, as well as other kinds of consent. And it takes the story of a young woman by the name of Arabella, who is roofied and raped. And the question of, should she have watched her drink better? Should she have known better? What was, how was she culpable in this? Right. And, and the, the judgment of society with those sorts of things. 
it starts at that point. It's something very accessible for most of us because we've heard of that in the news or may have experienced it ourselves. And then expands from that point to consent in relationships, consent in friendship, consent in sex, um, consent just as a full theme. So it explores it in ways that you may have never thought of yourself and in ways that I certainly had not thought of and exposes them and opens them up so you can see the human side of it. So even though there are parts of this show that are incredibly uncomfortable, they have to be because they're exploring themes of what does it mean to actually say yes? What does yes actually mean? And what does no mean? How far does yes go? Yeah. Uh, what did I tell you? <laughs> you, just, you just did your thing. <laughs> you, you just did your thing. You just did your thing. I mean, I, I'm not... You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna hear me say this a lot. This entire show is this is a beautiful show. This is a revolutionary series, I would say. And yes. I don't know. I, I think if we are talking about fairness, this is a series that should have because again, let's go back to the reception that Fleabag had in the United States. Yes. Last Emmy, <laughs> deservedly so, right? But yes. uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge was was it was the it girl of the of the Emmys. And I think when we reviewed Fleabag, we, we all agree that it wasn't a bad show. No. It was again when you are trying to be raw and vulnerable. It is, it is almost impossible to inject cynicism into that. And so yes. it almost felt like everyone around the character of Fleabag were dealing with stuff and wanted to be upfront about them, wanted to confront this stuff, whereas Fleabag was just, yeah, I know I'm fucked up, but whatever. <laughs> you know yeah and i think the difference between arabella Esedju and the character of fleabag is precisely that she is going through these stages and she is neglecting going through these stages but at the same time she plunges into them to the point where somebody has to come and pull her out i don't know if i'm even making sense so no, she. Go ahead. Go, go ahead. Like I think, I think I, I need I need you to come in here and rescue me. <laughs> <laughs> she she is a person who is drowning that you want to reach a hand out to, whereas with Fleabag I could turn my back and walk away. <laughs> yes. So I I watched the show and and for the life of me I couldn't find a moment in which to say this girl contributed to what happened to her. And mm-hmm. I know in in and I know that society has has this thing where well you, you, if you got raped you were looking for it. Yes. And 
That is a lie that I think only dudes say to themselves to don't see the savage animal in them. And the fact that you just violate somebody and not even uh, you're coward enough to say, yeah, um, that was me being an asshole as opposed to, well, you were there and you were drinking, you were drunk. (laughs) You went to this place. How dare you? Right. You you know, you were asking for it. And I think also she explores a lot of letting yourself be helped, letting yourself be loved, letting yourself be taken care of by those who love you enough to want to take care of you. Yes. Yes. But the show explores friendship in a very, in a very complex way. It does. So let's talk about the friends. Yes. What do you think of Terry? I loved the love she had for Arabella. And you could feel how strong that was and how protective she was. At the same time, it was difficult because you could see that she wasn't able to let Arabella move on in some ways. Yeah. Because then she wouldn't need her anymore. Yeah. And that was heartbreaking in... in and so, such a great performance from the actress. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're, they're, you know, to come from being, you know, best friends and, and being very close and then having this terrible traumatic thing where it kind of seemed like maybe Bella, Arabella had always been maybe the adventuresome one, the one that was, was kind of would push maybe more towards things than, than Terry would. And then kind of having a little bit of a role reversal there where Terry got to, you know, be the, be the one and say, no, we're going to do this for you. And we're going to do this to take care of you. And Arabella being able to go, okay, I, 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 I let, as you said, I let you yes. help. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Like the only, the only description that comes to mind for me when I, when I see Terry and Arabella's friendship, especially Terry's love for Arabella, is more is is devotion. Yes, that's a very good word. It's 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 an in, insane devotion that she's had since they were little girls. It's like you're my hero, and I love you so much that if I could just put you in a box and carry you with me all the time, I would. Yeah, and that in itself is not a great thing, is it? No. no. When you think about it, it, it's not a great thing. No. Because then we fall on what exactly we're talking about, is that fear of losing this person because she probably is the only good thing in your life. And I also like the way that Arabella led us all in, not only in her life, but in a little bit of her childhood and also a little bit of her family. Mm-hmm. I thought, like, for instance, her relationship with, with her father was, how would you, say, how, how would you call it? How, how would you characterize that relationship? Um, idolized, maybe. She, she had him on a pedestal, for sure. 
and uh, I don't think there was any way he could do any wrong for her. The the McDonald's, um, where she had faith in that, and you know, even when he came through, even though it was so much later, she was just like, "Yep, I told you, I told you." I'm vindicated. <laughs> and, um, you know, whereas, I don't know, I, I, I think someone with a little less would have given up a while ago. And when he did finally show up would be like, I don't want your gold McDonald's. <laughs> you had your chance, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, yeah, I feel like there is a fragment here in the family and in Arabella, much like we, we, I think all kid, try to do which is to take the responsibility of trying to fix stuff because the first thing a, a child of divorce think is it's my fault that my parents are not together or divorced or or having some kind of situation even even as an adult <laughs> you know whenever you hear that there's there's a fragment in your in, in your parents relationship somehow you find yourself asking did I contribute to this. And mm-hmm. Arabella did not go into into any of that. She understood that there were two camps and that she belonged to each one of them. In that she, she wasn't going to take one side or the or the other. She wanted two parents and she got herself two parents, regardless of what the situation was between the two of them. Yeah, that's that's not an easy feat for especially for uh, for for a kid. But I do think that also left Arabella vulnerable to the world in in some ways, how she ended up with all of these troublesome habits, maybe. Yes. What do you think of Biagio? That that was such a. Uh, I don't know. They he seemed to truly care for her at first and she for him and it was just he wasn't the person that I think she was thinking he was mm-hmm. that she had made in her head. You know, she she'd built up an image of what he would be and how he would be for her and that's that's not who he was. And I think the the relationship there was very, I don't know. It was, it was different. It was, I don't know how healthy it was for either one of them. Yeah. I I look at the two of them and I feel like both of them are equally broken. Yeah. And though Arabella has been through some shit uh, with her sexual assaults and all of that, Biagio himself had been through some crap. And The way I understood Biagio is that he was he was afraid of falling in love with her. Yeah. And the reason he was afraid of falling in love with her is ex- is explained, but you have to catch it. That moment on the beach when he said he talked about the drugs and he talks about what happened to his big sister and his mom, right? Yes. So at this point he's telling her He's giving her certain conditions into if you want this, you have to walk away from that because the losses in my life have been about this, right? Yes. But again, 
he wasn't expecting <laughs> her to comply. Yes. And then he panicked when he yeah. realized that she did comply because now it was his turn to to make good on this promise of like, I will love you back. And this is a guy, yeah. I, I don't think he, I don't think he understood. I don't think he, he had use for loving someone back. Is yeah. that, is that too much thinking of this character for me? No, not at all. That resonates with me. Right. Okay. So let us then talk about Kwame. Mm -hmm. Would you characterize Kwame as a sex addict? Yes. So is it fair to see that each one of these characters are addicted to something? Yes. Terry, addicted to Arabella. Arabella? Yes. Not necessarily addicted to drugs, but addicted to partying and, yeah. and, and self-destruction. And Kwame is, is an absolute sex addict. Yes. But what, what did you think of that part with the, with the girl, with the, him sleeping with the girl? I have never seen anything like that. That also went into the consent portion that we started talking about, didn't it? Yes. Yes. I've never I've never seen anything like that on television. I understood her even though she was not a nice person. <laughs> the, the woman that he he chose to sleep with. She was she was insane um and not in the good way. It I understood and I felt her anger and her pain at him and I did not think it was unwarranted. But it was nothing that I ever would have thought of before. I I never it's not anything that I would have you know and and I don't think that she would have ever thought of before. Or perhaps he I would have thought of before to to say, "Oh, by the way, before we sleep together, I'm gay." Right. Right. And, you know, it's not the sort of thing that perhaps you would think to ask someone before you slept together, because you would have the assumption of, okay, you're out on a date with me. We have decided that we're going to do this thing. But before we do, let me just make sure. Are you homosexual? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, you know, it, it might be one thing to think of, uh, you know, uh, do you have clean tests or do you have a condom or or whatever? Those may be standard questions. But this, but again... It comes into consent and the fact that he did not reveal that to her and then chose to it made her, I think, feel like a scientific experiment without the science, without the science and and removed any anything from it at all. Any any sort of connection. She thought they had a connection. It removed it removed any sort of possible element of trust and turned her into a complete object of she was just a vessel for him. Yes. And, and I, I, again, the, the character and the actress was great, but you know, the character was not a great character, but that doesn't matter because you don't have to be a great and wonderful person to have your consent violated. Oh yeah. Just because you maybe aren't a, a quote unquote nice person doesn't mean you don't have the same rights as a quote unquote nice person. Right. <laughs> Not nice person. <laughs> and and here's the thing. 
Although I did think that her reaction was absolutely visceral, but I couldn't help but understand her. Like, I was like, yeah, but she's right. I mean, I think she is, she, as you said, she, she, even though she's right, she's, she, she's being really <laughs> terrible in the way that she's treating this dude, but she's absolutely right. And, yeah. and he had no right to use her that way. Right. And what surprised me the most, actually, was Arabella's reaction to the story. Yes. I was taken aback by that. Yes. What do you think? Yes. I, I think that her reaction was, was so, well, as she described it herself, intense. And you could see how much that she felt for the people that were reaching out to her through social media, that she was truly feeling their pain. And I thought that her reaction was, it was surprising in that you would think, oh, you know, they, well, they've been friends just as long as, as she and Terry, you know, he's been part of the group, right. you know, there, there might be some part of you that would be inclined to go, well, that's my friend. So that's fine. You know, it was a mistake, but, you know, at the same time, at the same time, you know, we all make mistakes, but hers was very much, no, you crossed a line and, and fuck you. <laughs> hey. um, um, I think at this point I started seeing a bit of vigilantism in her. Yes. Yes. I think she definitely became a zealot at that point yes. and um, crossed the line herself with him. And, um, I think that when we see her sort of unravel that same night um, yeah. and when she ends up, you know, calling the emergency line and speaking to the therapist that night, I think is when we see her, her break and her beginning of growth. And what a fantastic therapist is, this lady. Yes. 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 The way she approached it, it's like she, Arabella, to to the naked eye is a book that is written in a very not well known language, maybe perhaps one of those extinct dialects. And she was the only one who actually was able to decipher her. And I think Arabella recognized that. Right? Yes. When she yes. when she explained that metaphor of the under the bed part, Arabella, you could see that Arabella is like, I have no argument with you. Um, you're, you're right, you know. Yeah. And as you said, that was the break, wasn't it? Yes. So, Zane, in your view, is, is Zane one of those guys who think he's a good guy? And yes. for the most part, does the right thing, but then fucks up majorly <laughs> in the yes. end. Yes, I think that he is someone who, if you took a poll over the phone or something like that, do you consider yourself to be a generally good person? He would say yes. If someone asked him if he'd ever raped someone, he would say absolutely not. Absolutely not. And be indignant about it. Yes. And the fact that he was as 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 awful and as 
disgusting and perverted a person as he was, the fact that he and I would say to argue some of society would be like, eh, well, what's the big deal? Really, again, the nuances of consent. And no, go ahead. No, no, no. I, I was while you were talking, I was thinking of of Zayn as one of those dudes from Hollywood who fell very hardly during the bulk of the Me Too era. And as you said, these are people that if you were to ask them right now, are you a rapist? They would say no. You know, because... Yeah, never, have done, never. I've never done anything like that. Never even thought about it. Yes. Yeah. And, and we can... I think we learned through the story also that Zayn had a, a, a habit of doing this kind of shit. And he'd done yes. it. Arabella wasn't his first. No. You know, but the point that actually pissed me off and again, cowardice is, is the only way I can describe this was the whole, um, the whole, I thought you knew, oh my God, I wanted to fucking kill that dude. Yes. What the yes. hell does that even mean? You're not telling me and you think I knew? Do right. you know what I mean? Like what? Right. What? <laughs> Did, do we now communicate telepathically? Because uh, that's it doesn't work that way for me. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Yeah. No, I... yeah. That's, it's, uh, it's, I read it described as gaslighting and it's very much what it is. It's, it's gaslighting. It's, it's, well, you're not, you're, you're, you're crazy. You know, that's, that didn't happen. Right, it happened right. like this. Yeah. That's, that's insane. I'm, I was, I, I know, I, no, dude, you know, you're not going to do this. And when, in fact, when I actually learned about the show, right, it was during a, a radio interview and they played exactly the bit where Arabella outs him as a rapist. Yes. Yes. And then I said, yeah, we got to do this one. <laughs> <laughs> we got we to do this one because, yeah. yeah that that's he's no less no more no less than that and also with the story of kwame i didn't know i this, this is what i learned i didn't know how much how equally difficult it was for a dude to report a rape yeah I, are you talking about when he went to the police station? Yes. I, I, the juxtaposition between the way she was treated and the way, and by she, I mean Arabella when she reported. Yeah. And the way Kwame was treated was, I thought, a great exposition of how different uh, societies, say, are, are going to be thought of in the eyes of the law. In England, in the UK, you know, well, this is a gay thing. So, you know, so, so we're, we're not going to take it very seriously. Whereas Arabella instantly had, a, you know, two female officers assigned to her. She didn't go through what, what he went through in trying to do this. And I told my husband, because he, he watched the series with me, I, I, and when, when Arabella reports her assault, 
I said to my husband, if I walked into any city precinct here where we live with her story, I'd be laughed out of the facility. Yeah. And then when the, when the episode happened where, where Kwame tried to report what happened to him, I looked at my husband and I said, that is what I would have gotten. Exactly. That is what I would have gotten. So, so again, the worth of, 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 of a society, of a, of a gender, of a, a, a race, of a, a sexual orientation, it shows the value and the worth given in each, in each uh, country, if you will. He, he had the, the, and I just, I, I am, was delighted for Arabella that she'd had that wonderful, I'm not going to say wonderful, but helpful experience with, with law enforcement. And it, it made me feel good to know that that was a possibility. But when, when it happened to Kwame, when, when, when he went to the police station and had the experience that I knew that I would have, it broke me all over again because it's still there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And if it's if it's there for one of us, it's there for all of us. And and it shows you, for instance, how you know, even in in, in countries where where some advances have been made in that respect, right? For instance, mm-hmm. as you said, the way that Arabella was treated and taken seriously to the point of sending somebody to take a sample of DNA all the way into Italy and stuff. That yes. is the right way to do it. And yes. that's the way we wish it was done here all the time. Because you will remember that we did an episode precisely about, what was the, the name of that show? Incredible? Unbel- unbelievable. Unbelievable, yes. And we talked about how there was different treatment for two women who, were, who had been raped. Yes. And how different it is when the person in charge of the investigation is someone who actually understands the pain because she too is a woman. Yeah. But in the case of Kwame, even though he was assigned a dude, this was just a dude who was not having it, wouldn't, couldn't possibly understand that a guy could have been violated because, I mean, you're gay, so that's it, right. <laughs> you know. Right, right. And the whole uncomfortableness he had, that actor was great. Yeah, yeah. Way. Way. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, he just portrayed the whole being straight and, and just being uncomfortable with the whole thing and trying not to be bigoted, but failing miserably. And, and he gave a very nuanced and lovely performance yeah. that you know, made you want to throw him through the wall. And when he left that door open and the sign on it that, that, you know, that was so beautifully called to our attention, please leave this door shut as leaving it open may endanger the lives of others. And the fact that he left it open and, 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 and Kwame looking at that. And I, I knew, I knew that feeling, I knew it so well. And it was, it was just, it's such a capture of the way things a beautiful a beautiful terrible horrible capture of of the way things are for some of us who who've asked for help and the rea- and the, the what we've had happen to us it's it's in some ways it's in some ways just as horrible as what happened 
because it's just a reaffirmation of the fact of, well, I must have deserved it because nobody's taking me seriously. Yes. Like I said, this is not a show that you will fall in love with in the very first or second episode. But if you if you stick with it, it will be one of the best shows you've seen this year. With that, I'd like to go into the cast. Man, that was a beautiful display of uh, Afro-British talents, wasn't it? Yes, yes. And uh, I want I want more of that. <laughs> 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 you know, I mean, because I, I feel like Michaela Coyle had obviously the option of coming to the United States with her writings and HBO give her a contract and start filming here and turn it into an American story, right? But Michaela Coel wanted to do a show focusing on, you know, life as an Afro-British person living in London, trying to make it in London. And it was a beautiful thing. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm really... Really proud of this product. So, had had you seen Michaela Cole before? Because I I, I I don't know her. <laughs> I I know I had not. She I I feel that I heard of Chewing Gum, the other series that she worked on, and it was one of those things that I was like, oh, I I would like to see that, and then I I promptly forgot about it. So I I wasn't familiar with her at all and her monstrous talent. Yeah. And she also has been in Black Mirror. Again, yeah. this is another British talent that who's been in Black Mirror. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. But her writing is absolutely fantastic. Like, like you know, it's, I, I, I want to see more of her. I want to watch more of her stuff. Yeah. So she is of Ghanaian descent and, of course, London-born. And her full name is Michaela Ewuraba Boakie Collinson. And she goes by Michaela Coyle. Kwame is played by Papa Esiedu, who actually, <laughs> his real family name was the family name that Michaela Coyle's character Arabella had in the show. This dude, from the moment I saw his first appearance, I was like, "There's something. There's something great about this guy." And you know, this Kwame's character wasn't necessarily for me the way I see it. Didn't necessarily have to make a great impact in the show. But for some reason, this kid, Papa Isiadu, was good enough of an actor to make a mark on this show that there's no way he cannot be back for a second season or a third or a fourth. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I agree. The um, I don't know how to describe. He uh, is a very hurting person. A very the, the character was a very hurting person. The behavior, the self-destructive behavior that he had, the fear of love and an unconditional love and the feeling of unworthiness that the actor was able to 
bring to screen in a way that would never make you feel like he was anything but Kwame. You never saw anybody but Kwame and his pain and his his feelings of self-loathing and his working through that. And, and an actor that can bring you a character and never show you a peep of themselves or someone else is just masterful. That's exactly, that's, that's, the, that's the perfect description for it. He had a masterful performance there. Another actress I was... I was not familiar with, I haven't seen much of her, but is absolutely lovable, is Wirushi Opia, who played Terry. Yes. You've told me, you've, you've told me of what you think, of, uh, about what you think of Terry, but what do you think about the actress? Oh, she, she's, she, she's a beautiful woman. And just, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to, how to describe it also because it, she makes you feel the, the fierceness of Terry and the vulnerability of Terry. And I think the fact that according to some articles I read, the fact that she and Ms. Cole became friends in real life and bonded through this really shows that, that she probably embodies all the goodness of Terry as a person herself. Yeah, you, yeah, you've had some beautiful words for her because every I'm, I was here just like you know nodding. <laughs> <laughs> Everything you said about her is that is exactly that, right? She is fierce, but she is she exudes a lot of kindness, and she's a beautiful woman she's a beautiful person hopefully because of course you know <laughs> we don't know her but yeah this is, she's one of those people that you would like i want to be her friend isn't it? yeah <laughs> yeah yeah exactly she seems um she brought such a genuineness to the performance that it would be hard to believe that she could fake that yeah she Completely. is Nigerian-born British actress, and she was in the only show that I can remember that we know of, and she's been in the show, was actually Top Boy, mm -hmm. the, you know, the 2013 version, mm -hmm. but I guess she probably was too young to even recognize her. Yeah, probably. But she has a clothing line, it's called Jesus Junkie Clothing. <laughs> <laughs> and uh she's fantastic i'm i'm smitten by her definitely <laughs> and uh the role of zane was played by karen karen gill that's uh the actor now that we, we're going to talk about simon one of the culprits maybe to what ultimately happened to arabella uh, the actor's name is Amel Amin, right? What, what, what do you think of this character? Because it doesn't seem to me that he ever felt bad about what happened. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I never, as you said, saw regret from the character. And I never, I never saw any real understanding from him for the impact of what he did. I, I, and I don't know that he really understood anything about about 
relationships, perhaps, or consent. Because it honestly sounded like to me that his his girlfriend was roofied as well. And it sounds like he took her home and, I mean, still had his booty call or whatever, you know? So, I mean, even if the consent was implied earlier in the evening, I don't believe that once somebody has passed the point of still being able to say yes or no, that's then your consent is revoked. So I I see him as, as sort of a, a culpable character who doesn't understand anything about consent, uh, doesn't understand anything about... I, I just don't think he would... I don't think that he even necessarily saw what happened to her as rape. I think that he was like, well, you know, maybe I shouldn't have left you, but you shouldn't have gotten roofied. Exactly. Like, if, if, if there's anybody to blame here, that's you. But, you know, yeah. me, you know, I'm, look, like, you know, like, am I my brother's keeper kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Very much. Um, I, I just, I don't, I don't, he was a character that I, I think was, uh, if explored a little deeper, I don't think we would have, not that we really cared for him anyway, but I, I think we would have come to care for him even less. Yeah. Who else was, was kind of like, the, the little girl, Gabby French, who played uh, Theo as a teen. Damn, how good was she? <laughs> she, she was, was better than the actress who played the adult Theo, wasn't she? Yes, she really was. She looked so much like her and... And I almost, I almost felt as though the adult actress had modeled her performance off of the the, the child's performance. <laughs> yes, you're because absolutely she, right. She was so good, and I, she brought, as you said, so much life to so much life to that character, and so much pathos, and so much. The the older lady was 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 you know showing her as an adult. She's 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 still a good actress. And then there's part there's a part there where she, when they first opened the support group, and she was talking about what happened to her. For a moment, I thought I had stepped into a documentary. Yes, yes. And I was like, wow, they must they must before I knew who the the character was going to turn into. I was like, wow, they must have. I almost feel like they filmed an actual meetup, you know, like, yeah, a session. And, uh, so, but I, I, so in that moment she was great, but, but the, the girl that, that played her as a youth was played the character of, of Theo as a youth was so much more, so much, you saw so much potential there, so much life and, and so much intelligence and, and just character, but like you couldn't help, but just be completely immersed in 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 her entire story when she was there. Yes. Yes. What she did was wrong and awful, but the the story what happened to her in her home why her mother was so wrong and so awful that you sort of understood yeah um why she did what she did. Yeah, and, and even as an adult, you get to see that she, although she may have become a better person, but still she she always acted with a an ulterior motive uh, yes. behind everything she does because some people just have that kind of personality and that's it. Like, but, yes. But at least she was, she was 
she felt the need to be upfront about it, and she was. Yes. And I think I think Arabella kind of like appreciated that and and said, "Yeah, you still you still stay in my circle because yeah, you took advantage of me, but I do I did need a gig, and you you know you helped me get it, so cool." But Terry yeah. wasn't having it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Terry wasn't having it, and I think Terry's problem was like, no. You know, I'm BFF. I'm the BFF. You don't get to be the new BFF. <laughs> yes. But of course yes. she was right to be suspicious of, of her knowing what she knew. Yes. Who else do you want to talk about? How about this little girl who played Arabella as a teen? She was good. She was good. She was very good. Not, not very... that she looked yes. a lot like Arabella, but yes. she got all of the mannerism and all of the sassiness. <laughs> She was good. Uh, I liked her. The little girl who played Terry, though, as a child, also, you know, she could pass for, for a young Terry. Yes. Uh, she, I just didn't uh, think Daniel Vitalis, Vitalis looked that much like Arabella. No, Arabella is a very striking person. Very, very striking and very unique features. And uh, I think that probably... It was very difficult to find someone who even came close to that. But uh, but yes, the Lauren Joy Williams, who played Teen Terry, she was very, um, she had the mannerisms down and was very, uh, kind of captured the essence of the, the fierceness there. Yeah. The actor who played Biagio, actually, as soon as I saw his name, I thought, okay, this dude, although he has a... A, an Italian last name, Zotti, but the first name Marwan, I knew immediately it was a French-speaking North African country. And it turns out that, yes, he is Moroccan. Dude was, dude was good. He, he's, he's a good actor. Yeah, yes. I, I was, I'm surprised in looking at his bio that he hasn't been in more because he seemed very comfortable on screen. He didn't seem like a newbie. He seemed like he, you know, was rolling right into the role. So I was surprised to see, according to, in any way to IMDb, that he hadn't been in very much. I, uh, someone who had a very small role that I also, that I, I feel was very important um, to the character development of of Arabella was, and I, I'm not sure how her name was pronounced because I, I had a little bit of difficulty with the accents, but it's, the actress's name is Ellie James. And she played the the character of the sort of assistant to Susie and who, who told Arabella about the behavior of Zane. Yes. And she was, it was a very quiet performance, but I, I felt that, that she, the actress, brought a lot to a very small role that, that was very important, very pivotal, because it was a turning point for Arabella to be able to go, no, it wasn't just me. You know, no, it wasn't me misunderstanding something. This guy has a history of doing this. Yeah. All the pieces just came together for me now, and I'm not going to let this guy get away with this. And I, I really enjoyed the performance from Ellie James of, of the young, the, the, the assistant, because it was just, 
like I said, it was very quietly played, but she brought a, a gravitas to the small role that made you understand how important she was. Yeah, you're, you're, you're right. And uh, there was a moment where she introduced, um, I think towards the end, that she, she does this brief introduction of Arabella uh, for a reading, the reading of a portion of a book. And, yes. and I'm like, that was perfect, you know. Yes. That was perfect. It's like it's like she she can do this. She's she's done this, right? Yes. Susie Henny was kind of crazy, wasn't she? <laughs> <laughs> she, she was funny, but kind of in a crazy way. Like, what is wrong with this lady and these plants? <laughs> yes, yeah. Su- Susie Henny was um, I the the character of Susie Henny was something else. She was kind of like the I don't know the the woo woo. Uh, sort of new age type person, you know, I, I could have seen her with, with crystals instead of plants, <laughs> but also so very like, uh, ex- you know, so highly educated that, that she was almost like on a different level of, of thought. And I don't know that it was necessarily a, a higher plane, just a different plane, if that makes sense. Um, like, like the nothing existed outside of a book. And uh, she she was she was something else and and, and a little bit scary, uh, kind of like uh, I, like like lady, do you do you eat like human flesh at <laughs> like you've all ethically obtained it and everything? Like I'm not really worried about how you got the liver that you're eating, but I I just I really think that's a human liver. <laughs> I'm with you in everything, dude. Like. <laughs> I just like how you you seem to quite to have thought about it quite well because I couldn't find another way to describe it, but like yeah, that lady that lady's kind of cuckoo pop up, yeah. But yeah, you got it, man. And and I think the one thing I like about her too is that she Arabella could always use her vulnerability to get to get what she wanted, but she. Always so through that. She, you could yes. see Arabella was stunned every time she came in contact with her because she was like, yeah, no. <laughs> 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 Arabella was like, nobody ever says no to me. How dare you? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, think, I, I think the line where, where they were talking about contracts and she was like, oh, well, you see, a contract is something where... <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Yeah. She yeah. was dope. <laughs> yeah. Uh, definitely a fantastic show to watch. And I think there is not a lot we can say that will actually do a lot of justice to the show, to be honest. Because perhaps people will know more about this show if there, there is a second season but it might well become one of those shows that are for for the uh, United States audience that for me is as lamentable as what happened with with Orphan Black, you know. Yeah. Very yeah. very good show that never kind of gets a push in the, in the in the U.S. Yeah. I hope that's not I- the case with I May Destroy You. I hope not too. I I think this is. It's not it's not entertainment television. It's it's 
it is entertaining, but it's, that's not the point of it. It's not to entertain you. It's to make you think. And, um, this show, you know, I, I, I thought about it when it was over. I'm still thinking about it. The questions that were raised, the, the idea of consent and the so many different nuances with that and just the amazing performances and the, the so many different, um, takes you can have and opinions you can have on things that happened on it. This, this show is something to open up conversations between people that, that maybe they would never have because it would be something they would consider weird to bring up in conversation or too uncomfortable, but it can be something can be addressed in the sense of, Hey, have you seen, I may destroy you. Oh yeah. Yeah. That episode there where this happened, can you believe, you know, this and that? And, and I, I hope that Many people watch it and I hope it opens up an honest discord between people about sex and about consent and about mental health. Yes, because in the end, it was all about that, too. Yes. You know, yeah, we can we can only hope, to be honest with you, because exactly what we're what you're saying, Jocelyn, this is not a a mindless TV show that, you know, will I mean. If you are looking for a laugh, you might find one or two in the show. Because at the end of the day, this is a sort of a comedy series. But yes. you have to be also willing to 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 think about some things. You, you, you have to be willing to reflect upon some things that if you've never faced those situations, if you think... You've never been part of the problem. This might change your mind. It might, it might give you enough of a different perspective on, as you said, consent, on sexual assault, on mental health, to the point where you might have to revise your action or your actions or inaction in the past. And how you can be different thanks to this to this topic to the topic of this show. Yes. And so with that, we are going to call it a day. The show is I May Destroy You. Twelve episodes on HBO Max. And by the way, there are about thirty to thirty-five minutes. Yes. Um they managed to put plenty <laughs> on those 30, 30 to 35 minutes. There's no moment where you're not actually, you're like, oh, let me pause this and go get some water. You mm -hmm. will have to do that when the episode is over, when the credits are rolling and you're getting ready to watch the next one. That's the mm -hmm. way I felt, right? Yeah, yeah. So let's just go ahead and tell people that they can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, and you can always leave us a review. Just, just please, just a couple of lines. Uh, tell people what you think about us. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be Apple Podcast. Any, any podcast platform that you use, you can give us a review. Podchaser, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anything. We will appreciate that. And of course, we want to be back with another show for you soon. Uh, that will be next week, actually. Right, Jojo? 
That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and so you can find Jocelyn on Instagram as Jocelyn Podcast. That's her right there. Jojo Podcast. That's me. And for me, you, you'll find me somewhere. I'm 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 all over the place. Like boom, 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 <laughs> bang, bang. So we are kicking and streaming on Twitter. So kicking and the letter N streaming. No G's. Because like Joseph said, I'm the only G out here, man. That's right. The only G you need is Graham. My thanks today, especially to uh, Jeff. (laughs) 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 Who kind of got us out of a jam and made this this show possible. Um, (laughs) In the meantime, I'm going to continue to to fight with this. And uh, for now, though, for me, Jojo, this is goodbye, folks. Thanks, everybody. Bye now. Bye.